Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to The Watchers. My name is Jim. I'm Aton. How's everyone doing? And uh, it feels like it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been, it feels like it's been longer than it has. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Holidays, man. That'll do it to your yeah, sense of time. <laughs> uh, so today we're watching Thor. Yes. One of my personal favorite Marvel movies. Can't wait. Uh, this is, for a long time, this was my favorite of the, the Phase 1 movies. I don't know if it still is, but it was for a really long time. <laughs> it was my favorite of the Phase 1 movies until the next movie came out. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. And, like, if I'm really thinking about it now, Captain America probably is the better movie. But I have a very, I have a, I have a soft spot for Thor. I do really like it. Yeah, man. Movie. Close second right here. Um, Thor was released in 2011. Yes. In June of, May of 2011. May of 2011. We just watched the trailer. It says yes, it. May of 2011. <laughs> um, I saw this movie at the 309 movie theater. Do you know that? Do you know 309? Uh, does it go by any other names? No, Imagine? it's just... It's the 309? 309 AMC. It's on Route 309. Is it in Philly? No, it's oh, in Montgomeryville. No, no, I have no idea then. The AMC I go to is the Nishamani one. Yeah, 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 but I just wonder if you were over oh, in that area. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Your weird neck of the woods. Yeah, dude. Out in the burbs. Right? <laughs> Pencil tucky. Pencil tucky. Um, but yeah, it was me and my buddy Austin. I was like super amped for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really excited. And he was the reason why I was excited. Because he's a big fan of Kenneth Branagh. And I was only familiar with Kenneth Branagh through... Oh, Kenneth Branagh is the director of, of Thor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Kenneth Branagh directed a lot of Shakespeare adaptations, which my buddy really loved. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what did he do directing-wise yeah, exactly. before this? Because I, would... I only knew him through playing Gildor Lockhart in Harry Potter. Yeah, right? Like, that was my familiarity I, with Kenneth I Branagh. certainly didn't know him as a director before no, this. No, but my, my buddy was way just super hyped on his Shakespeare adaptations. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this movie's going to be sick. And I was like, I believe you. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so I'm like looking up things that he did, but I realize now the source I go to doesn't actually list if he's an actor or director. Ah. Which is kind of silly. That's kind of pointless. Yeah, thanks a lot for nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, okay, so he brought you out on it? Yeah, dude. I thought you were still... Uh, were you now at this point reading comics? Have you had you been no. into the MCU long enough? No, no, I really didn't start reading comics until um, until probably Thor: The Dark World came out. Oh, so we still have a minute. Yeah, we still have a solid two years. That was when I really started reading comics because I because um, there was a really good Thor story going on in comics at that time called mm-hmm. the, the God Butcher. I don't know any Thor stories. Yeah, and I I had heard it was really good and like people had recommended it to me and it was like I was watching reviews online of Thor: The Dark World and they mentioned this comic that was going on at the same time. And they're like, hey, if you like this, you should check this out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, nice. <laughs> and then I did, and then it was really good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see, May 2011, where was I? I saw this with, uh, with Andy again, I believe. I believe my, uh, 
with the family. I think maybe our mother was there. I doubt Alan was there. He's not big on opening night. Mm-hmm. And that was 100% where we were was opening night. Oh, yeah. Back when that was still a thing. Uh, you know, like the midnight screenings. Oh, you and, went to the midnight screening? I don't know we went to a midnight screening, but we definitely went to a screening where I'm sure we had to stand in line for a second before oh, like, wow. they even opened the doors. Yeah, I don't think I saw this at midnight. I think I saw it on like just a random day, like shortly after it came out. Yeah, I saw like day of almost 100% sure. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, nice. I mean, dude, I was already kind of at that point super all in on the MCU, and then I just watched this, and I was like, awesome. Oh, and and this was coming off of uh, I think this was this was probably the first time I saw Natalie Portman in a film after Black Swan because she Ooh. did Your Highness after that, right? And thankfully, I didn't watch that for many years. <laughs> I still have not seen that. movie. Don't. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so this was uh, that, and then Black Swan is like one of my favorite films oh, ever. Know. And so I was just waiting to see, like, oh my god, like this. This actually like took the MCU to the next level in my head to like of filmmaking because of the fact that I was like, oh my god, there's a there's an Academy Award winner in these pictures now. Yeah, dude. Of course, I completely forgotten that you know Robert Downey Jr. was his thing back in the day, or the Mickey Rourke. I don't know if they well, ever won, but they, they have not won. They've never won, right? They've been nominated. They've been nominated. Yeah, Natalie Portman was, was the first like, legit winner. Yeah, she I brought think, the first I believe, statue. I believe so. I think. I mean, listen, like John Favreau, I don't think has won anything. Has Don Cheadle won anything? Not that I know of. Uh, maybe like a few like Emmys, maybe but nothing. For, I thought he might have won something for like Hotel Rwanda, maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Let's um, look but up. by the time you get to the Avengers, there's a lot of Oscar winners and nominees in there. Yes. She was the first. <laughs> yes. And kind of uh, one more one more time that Marvel was really putting uh, putting its foot down to the world and saying like, hey guys, we're uh, we're being taken seriously. Absolutely. Like our films might not be serious, but we are serious about them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, I was pretty amped for that and uh and it was fun watching the watching the trailer <laughs> again. Right? Uh, this trailer is all over the place. You know, it was, but um, you know, I have to say, I think that Iron Man two also did this. I'm not. I can't remember exactly. It feels exactly, a lot like the Iron Man, but, 2 uh, but it didn't show the whole movie, man. Yeah, it didn't didn't reveal a lot. Like I couldn't really tell you what that movie's about. No, after watching a, the trailer, like thing. all I know is that uh, all right, Thor is. Banished. A weird god of some kind, and he gets god he, of hammers. He gets yes, he's the god of hammers apparently, and he gets banished for being a little brat. <laughs> yeah, right. Which which squared up to like what I had kind of known going into this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much all I knew about Thor too. I mean, but I'm, I'm loving that there's still they're still leaning on the the born identity vibes like at the beginning of this trailer. Are they like with Thor? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, oh, with the, oh, you took out all my guys. Were you trained? Were you, were you trained? Yeah, you know. And it's like, sure, <laughs> that's not this movie at all. This movie is a is a Tom Hanks romantic comedy starring Thor. For real, I'm trying to think now if uh, if anything in the in the canon given to us since has debunked or like made it so that Shield might have known that he was an alien. Yeah. But I guess not. I mean, uh, I think it's early days. Is it? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think of anything maybe they've thrown us for, like, Agent Carter, like, in the flashbacks oh, of Agents well, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, they did find that, uh... Well, they found a Kree. The Diviner. They found a Kree in the Diviner with Agent Carter. Yeah. But that's still... I guess, okay, so I guess they still wouldn't have known what a Bifrost was. So, yeah. All right. Okay, it's cool that Phil Coulson doesn't know who he is. Yeah, dude. So, that stands up. It holds up over time. You nerd. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just keeping them honest, man. Oh, I know. It's what I'm not paid to do right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, well, shall we watch the movie? Yeah, let's do it. All right, see you after the break. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we're back. Hi, right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, that was delightful. It was so much fun. I love that movie, That's man. So I, I do love that movie. I know. <laughs> um, do you have what are your thoughts right out of the box? Actually, let's 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 do a little synopsis. For this movie, as we've been told that we should do, right? Probably. We're gonna try out new formats. Yeah. For the next, next couple episodes, we're trying out new There's, things. Let's just say, okay. Right. Thor is the story of Thor. Thor. Oh, that, that's a synopsis. There you go. You're, Thor no. is the story of Thor. He's an arrogant prick mm-hmm. who he's that, entitled. He's entitled. He's he's angry. He fights things, and this is him learning how to be a better person. Exactly. He's <laughs> he's a hot headed soldier. Who needs to learn to become a level-headed king? Exactly. Yes. And that's the movie. Pretty much. And along the way, he he meets Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. and they hit it off and have a nice little fling over the over a long weekend. It's not even a long weekend. <laughs> it was a Saturday night, man. It's about a Saturday. You're right. He dude. spends he spends Friday night in the hospital, Saturday night with her, and yes. then leaves on Sunday. And leaves on eh, Sunday night. Oh, you're right. No, yeah, he leaves on Sunday. You're probably absolutely right. It's Solomon Grundy, <laughs> born on a Monday, left on a Sunday. <laughs> Or something. Um, honestly, the thing that really, really struck me is like, I mean, this this had to have been a hard egg to crack, right? Like, yeah. as far as figuring out like how to make this movie and how to like make it so an audience of normal people want to go see it and enjoy mm-hmm. it. And honestly, I find myself like super struck just by how well Kenneth Branagh balances that. I have to agree with you, man. I thought a few times during this movie, like, wow, this. This is doing a great job of actually throwing a lot at us. And it really works. And it works. It's not overwhelming at any point. I yeah. don't feel confused at what I just saw. Like, like there's a lot of gobbledygook in that movie. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of it makes sense. Exactly. Which is miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I kind of love about this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, Idrisil and the Tree of Life and the Nine Realms and the Biofrost and the Cask and all, and all of these different things. And then you kind of have a handle on all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because, like, for the most part, the gobbledygook, like, falls into two categories. Category A, this is someone's name, and we're going to repeat it a few times, so you know this is who we're talking about. Exactly. And Bifrost falls into that category. Yes. And then category B is that this is just gobbledygook that I'm going to literally define right now and not bring it up again. Because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. Like, like Idrisil. I'm going to exactly. say it, and the, and the comic book fans in the audience are going to squeal, and everyone else is going to kind of know what I'm talking about, and then we're going to exactly. move on. Exactly. It's enough, so we, we explain it clearly enough so it makes sense if you're paying attention and you're looking for it, mm-hmm. but it's not information that will hurt the movie if you don't catch it. Exactly. Like, you know, you know you're not going into Thor the Dark World, and all of a sudden they're saying Idrisil at you, and you're exactly. like, wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> Which maybe they should have, since that movie's all about the, the realms lining the realms up. Right yeah, right? That was all about Idrisil. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know if you can actually answer this, um, but I'm... I, it's my understanding that Idrisil is like like Midgard, or Midgard's the center of it, or yes. like yeah, okay, like so Earth is that's, the that's center. That's my understanding is that Earth is the center of, of the, the nine Midgard realms. Cell, the nine realms, yes. And the nine realms are just nine planets. That doesn't encompass all of the galaxy, does it? No, it's it's like the nine like what are they like major realms or something like like the way. Well, honestly, like I was never clear on that either. Mm-hmm. But then by the time you get to Thor Ragnarok. It kind of seems more like a British Empire situation. 
Yeah, where it's bit, like, okay, right? these are the planets that we've conquered, and this is the United Kingdom of the nine realms of Asgard. Oh, is that what you got? That's what I got oh, after I got, watching Thor Ragnarok. I got more of a Federation kind of vibe. Or like, that that works too. Yeah, like some of these planets, like Svartalheim or Jotalheim, like, yeah, we've kind of had to like put in their place. Yeah, but like but otherwise. They still like, answer to us. They still answer to us, but yeah, but like otherwise, like we're kind of like a we're like, yeah, we're this conglomerate. We're almost. saying the same thing. Yeah, I guess we Yeah, are. we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but that's how that was my vibe. I, like, because I was not clear on that from this. I was not clear on that from Thor, from Thor: The Dark World. But so after watching a, Thor: Ragnarok, it's like that, hella explaining it. Exactly. That's kind of the vibe that makes sense to me now about what the nine realms are. Yeah, I'm into that. Because of all the Marvel, of all like the weird Marvel space stuff, that was the one thing that I really never really wrapped my head around. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Marvel space stuff. I'm gonna. I want to look up at some point who the production designer was oh my on this God, film dude. because because they. I don't, I don't know if they knew it at the time, but they just designed what space would look like until James Gunn showed up. Absolutely, like anytime. And space even after up James Gunn shows up. Oh well. Now now the thing is now we have now we have Kenneth Branagh plus James Gunn yes. equals equals space as we know it. Yeah. Because like, listen, I give a lot of credit to Taika Waititi, but. He did a Thorized version of James Gunn. Oh, he did. So Absolutely. I can't. I can't give him no, his own credit right. to this. Yeah. That being said, that movie is amazing. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I just can't and put him in the same. I just can't right. say that he's now influenced space. He was influenced by James Gunn. Absolutely. Which, awesome. but yes, this movie, everything in Asgard in this movie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, and Thor: The Dark World and Thor: Ragnarok, Asgard does not look like that. No. <laughs> Like they, I don't know if like their budget got slashed or like no, it's, you know it's the it's the fact that neither of those films really takes place on Asgard as much as this one does. It's true. Like I we, mean, you're right. Like, like we get sweeping shots of Asgard in both of them, but at least this one we go into like at least at least seven different locations within Asgard. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. And every time we see a new one, I'm like, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember ever seeing that before. Yeah, man. And you know what? Like, and I also realized why as we were watching the first two Iron Man movies, and as we were watching the Incredible Hulk, I kept saying, "Wow, I can't believe I forgot that this person was in this movie." And oh, I didn't remember any of this because like. There hasn't been an Iron Man movie or an Incredible Hulk movie in a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very recent Thor movie. <laughs> and, dude, you can't even say that Iron Man 3 takes place in the same area as Iron Man it 1 really and 2. Doesn't. Right? It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And it's, completely, it's a completely different it's a movie. It's a totally different location. So, yeah, like, Asgard's been the place where we really get the continuity yeah. of a location. Of, like, it's really, like, the only... Thor's really the only character who kind of has, like, okay, this is a spot where my movies take place. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty consistently. Yeah. <laughs> it is a central focus of the where my films are. Yeah, it's good, man. The foundations are strong. We can rebuild this place. <laughs> and uh, speaking of of Thor, the mm-hmm. character Thor. Yes. Um, he is my favorite Avenger. He is. He's my favorite Avenger. I love him so much. He's great. I can't argue with that, man. I mean, like Cap's mine, but like Thor's, I love it. I love but Thor's Cap. right behind Cap him. Cap is great, but I love Thor. Exactly. Man. Thor I, is so much fun. I think. I think Thor's your number one and my number two, and Cap's my number one and your number two. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. And <laughs> I mean, like you were saying this over the course of the movie, just how quickly. He gets domesticated. Oh my god! But so I fast. kind of love that. Like that's one of my favorite aspects about it is like just how quick on the uptake he is as far as social norms go. Yeah, he smashes a mug. and They're like, "Don't do that." And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Just, they're like, just don't. We don't do that." And he's like, "Okay." He's like, he's he's like, like and then he doesn't do it anymore. Because he's, he's actually he is an adult in the movie. He's so an he adult. Would, he'd be able to like, cross the exactly. He is a reasonable adult. <laughs> Who who just likes fighting well, frost giants? Yeah, I like to liken it to uh, listen. We all know that person in our life that like 
is a good person at heart deep down, mm-hmm. but they need to get punched in the face like once. Yes, exactly. And they'll be a perfect person after that. Exactly. And that, and that's this, man. Like the, the punch in the He's face doesn't last all weekend. Punch in the face. Exactly. He just need, he just needs a very quick thing to happen, like a punch in the face. He bottomed out, dude. He bottomed out when he couldn't lift his hammer. Right, and he figured shit out from there. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? I'm here because I was a bad person. Right. And now I just have to be a better one, I guess. Yeah. And he does it. And he, and he does it, it successfully. Yes. Now, what doesn't work in yes. the weekend is the Jane Foster love relationship, man. Honestly, this, this was interesting for me watching it this time because... It it changed the way I looked at Jane Foster. Yeah. Uh, well, because we had brought her up in previous conversations about like you know like Betty Ross or Pepper mm. Potts and you know all the and like you know just all these all this stuff and like honestly like Jane Foster I think is a is a good character who can stand on her own for the most part and she should like like you know we were again I was saying we were joking about this as the movie was going on yeah. but like not like the, the Sif is the is the person that actually would be with Thor. She like, gets shafted big time. She gets shafted big time, man. Like, see if they, with that, there's an actual relationship. There's a history. Like, and you can, like, it makes sense that they would fall in love with each other. And you can see this slightly in this movie and big time in the next movie is that there there was very clearly a, a Thor, Jane Foster, Sif love triangle that was cut out mm-hmm. both in this movie and the next one. Absolutely. But like, especially can, in the next one. Especially in the next one. And you can, and like, you know, whether or not that was a good decision is whatever. It doesn't matter. But you can still feel that there are parts of the movie that are pulling toward that, mm-hmm. even though the rest of the movie doesn't support it. Right. Well, because you know what might have happened uh, is, you know, Let's let's go back like Nat, the fact going back to Natalie Portman and the fact that she was the most like prestigious actress. That's gonna that's yeah, gonna dude, pull things. You're from right. Me, I like, think that might have something to do. Yeah, with Yeah, Jamie Alexander, you lose in the fight against Natalie Portman. Sif versus Jane Foster, different story. But you know, Jamie Alexander and Natalie Portman, you're gonna get more screen time to Natalie Portman. And then by the time Natalie Portman bails from the franchise in Thor Ragnarok. Jamie Alexander already has blind spot because so she's been getting shafted by these. Movies she's getting shafted. Yeah, she she used to get her face on camera, man. She's an actress. That's what exactly. she does. And you're right. No, so, dude, you're right. Yeah, dude, it's just a, it was a little bit of a perfect storm there for how yeah. like Thor can never actually end up. Because also, I, I read this you know online, but like apparently Valkyrie is bisexual, which I mean doesn't mean one thing or another. I'm fine with it. I don't care. Yeah. But like just in the terms of us having a conversation about Thor and a love interest, like. Because she was also, like, vaguely, very vaguely, but kind of, like, set up to be the new love interest in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, totally. But, like, so now you're just kind of left with nothing. And, like, listen, that's fine, man. Does Thor need to end up with somebody? Not necessarily. No. Like, no. That's fine. But I'm just saying... But, I mean, like, I feel you. Right. So, like, it's in the context of if you're going to make him end up with somebody, you know, plan your your route a little bit better. Yeah, and... (laughs) I mean, like, I think the Thor franchise in general, like, I love all three Thor movies. Like, Thor the Dark World's not a very good movie, but I do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Uh... Kenneth Branagh, like, he knew, he kind of knew what he wanted to do with this movie, and he figured it out, and he managed to make a really well-balanced Thor movie, Mm -hmm. but I don't think anyone really knew how to do it again. Like, Joss Whedon doesn't really know what to do with Thor in the first Avengers movie or the second Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Alan Taylor doesn't really know what to do with Thor. Because Joss, Joss Whedon takes Thor and goes, I can I can put my kooky dialogue in your mouth and people are going to love it. Yes, I don't know that's, all, that's the only and, purpose that Thor throws in the Avengers Exactly. Movie. And Alan they, Taylor looks at Thor and goes, you're, you're close enough to Game of Thrones. I can, exactly. figure, I can figure out what to do with you. <laughs> and then you get to the point where, like, yeah, like, you have, like, the only kind of thing that the Thor movies have going for them by the time you get to Thor Ragnarok is that Thor is fun. Mm-hmm. 
And then you get Taika Waititi in here. He's like, okay, maximize that. <laughs> <laughs> right, while Alan Taylor wanted us to be, like, weeping exactly. in our seats over the death of Loki, Taika Waititi is just like, no, 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 we're hey. not going to do that. <laughs> Peace off, ghost. <laughs> oh, God. Who's asking? I mean, I know you're asking, but okay, I'm going to start quoting Korg if we, I mean, if the, we find another thing to talk about. <laughs> But uh, and so, but I guess like a this is a good tangent into it. You know, we're talking about Jane Foster and people getting shafted. Like Jane Foster would actually have been, I think, a great addition to the Shield side of things. Not to say she should be an agent of Shield. I'm not saying that. No, but but like her scientific knowledge and the fact that like all of this, she she's pretty much the foremost authority on Earth of anything space. At this moment. And there's absolutely no reason why she shouldn't have been in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. No, there's absolutely no reason why S.H.I.E.L.D. shouldn't have folded her into the organization and given her their resources. Exactly. And been like, yeah, totally figure out how to use this Einstein-Rosen bridge. Like, what do you need for it? Yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, And I don't know if... I mean, like, so much of this comes down to Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. Natalie Portman got that contract put in front of her and she was like, I'm not signing up for seven movies. Exactly. Natalie Portman. Because Natalie Portman was signed on to this movie before she won her Oscar for Black Swan. Mm -hmm. And then she won her Oscar for Black Swan and she looked at herself and she looked at this movie and she was like, oh, I'm better than this. And then... Which begs the question what she was thinking when she read the script for Your Highness. Exactly. Well, it was the same situation. Oh, did she sign on to that before? Yeah, because they both came out in 2011. Uh, That's right. And she won her Oscar in 2011. Oh, boy. this movie came out probably a month or two after she won the Oscar, and your and her and your highness probably came out like within a few weeks of the Oscars, mm-hmm. and then like after this movie, she wanted to go out and like oh, I'm gonna go be best actress Oscar award winning Natalie Portman. I'm gonna go off and do these big prestige pieces, and it'll be great. And no, I don't need this Marvel Thor movie. This is yeah, weird right? and dumb. And then, and then it kind of didn't happen. Yeah, meanwhile, you have was it Bill Skarsgård? Or is this yeah, he, I can't. I can always. I always make no, up. No, yes, he played um, it. Bill Skarsgård. That's Bill Skarsgård. Uh, I don't. Stellan Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan. That's it. Stellan Skarsgård. Good Will Hunting. Stellan uh, Skarsgård. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Me, meanwhile, he got the contract put in front of him that said like, "Hey, you want to be in multiple movies?" And he's like, well, "I'm not doing that much right exactly, now." Exactly. Like, fine. Course. Okay. <laughs> Do you only need me for like a few scenes for each? I don't yeah, care. Yeah, and I mean like, and they only got her back to Thor. For Thor the Dark World, because Patty Jenkins was slated to direct it. Mm-hmm. She was like, good, I'm in, okay. And then Patty Jenkins quit, and Natalie Portman had already signed on. She was like, oh, fuck. God damn it. Well, you know what? Don't uh, You don't ever tell Kevin Feige that you're not going to do the story he wants you to do. <laughs> Patty Jenkins and Edgar Wright can both attest to that. Exactly. And then Natalie Portman, that happened. She was like, well, fool me once. Yep. <laughs> and that was it for Natalie Portman. Later. <laughs> you get you get offhanded remarks in Age of Ultron. That's about the most you get. But that being said, I, I like her a lot in this movie. I do too. And I like her a lot in the next one as well. I do as well. Um, you know who should have been in the Avengers? Who? Darcy. Really? Yes. <laughs> Dar- like, I just want, I just want Darcy as... Because, like, let's face it, like, with Natalie Portman, this whole thing, like, this crew of people mm-hmm. are gone. They're gone from oh, here on out. We're right? never going to see them. We're never going to see them again, people. really. Like, obviously we see them in the, in the sequel, but, like, barely. Right. And, like, no, they're done. And no, no, they're a big part of the sequel. Well, they, well, well, they're... It depends on who you're talking about. Like, Darcy's a bit of a big part of the sequel. Stellan, Scar- well, Eric Selvig. Yeah. Is, he's iffy. He helps at the end. Yeah. But, like, he's not really a huge part in this. Dude, I'd say the intern's intern is a bigger part than... Stellan and Eric Selvig. I guess we'll see when we get there. Yeah, but but the point is like, how fun would it be is if if Darcy became like 
if uh, if Tony Stark was looking for an intern and Thor's just like, I know somebody. She's not doing anything. And Darcy was all of a sudden like roaming around Avengers Tower. Yeah, dude. All she's got is two broke girls. <laughs> yeah, right. Like she'd do it in a heartbeat, dude. And it'd be hilarious. She'd be like, she would just be making great like quippy so little down. remarks about all the things the Avengers are doing. Dude, I right? would be so down for her to be like the Avengers, the Avengers Mansion intern or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, you have her on one of the end of the spectrum, or the Avengers Ma- compound intern. Right. And you have her on one end. You have Maria Hill on the other end of the spectrum. It's yeah. perfect. That gives yeah, you the balance weight. I'm just saying, man. No, dude, I'm with that. I'm with that completely. That'd be um, so great. I I do like Cat Dennings in this movie. Like, I, I, I mean, like she, I, you know, I I think I like her more just being in in this movie. Oh yeah. I don't know if I want to see her outside of it really. Well, no, because you know what the thing is is that she is she is if you actually take a real look at it she's too goofy exactly but, but the way that she fits in this movie she balances it all she fits out. perfectly in this movie yeah but no she is. Just kind of too goofy in the end. <laughs> Although, Meow Meow might be like the exactly. best. I love that. I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> meow Meow? What's Meow Meow? What's Meow Meow? And then bring it back in the Thor of the Dark World. Exactly. Meow Meow! <laughs> uh, you know something that we're not going to see in Thor of the Dark World? What? Dutch Angles! Oh god, Dutch, Dutch Angles, angles in every ass. shot. For anyone who doesn't know, a Dutch Angle is when you take a shot, like a normal camera shot, and you tilt it. Just give it a little tilt. Just give it a little tilt. <laughs> Slightly. And then if you want to look for examples, just go back and look at almost every shot in this movie. Right? Look at look at Thor the Dark World or, uh, I mean, Thor this one or anything that Tim Burton's Thor directed. the this one. Thor the, <laughs> Thor the first. <laughs> and you'll see it. Uh, yeah, dude. You can watch it as you, as you see George, Thor's journey from arrogant, douchey, captain of the football team to laid-back surfer bro. <laughs> Can I point out two plot holes that Go I found it. in the film? Not plot holes per se, but like pe- characters not doing themselves any favors is what I'll call it. Mm-hmm. And instance one is uh, Odin and his sons. Odin is the cause of all <laughs> the strife between his his children. He's playing that long game, man. He's playing the long game. So all I'm saying is like you don't tell two kids who are obviously very ambitious children. You don't tell them both of you are made to be king, but only one of you can be. Well, I mean... Honestly, watching it this time, I think I finally know what he was talking about when he said that. What was he talking about? I think he intended on Loki being the king of Jotunheim at one point. Oh, being king of Jotunheim. Yeah, like I think he was hoping to at some well, point like install Loki as the king of Jotunheim. That, that's interesting. That The phrase he says doesn't lend itself to that. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's you an interesting thing. You were both born to be king. But only one of you can ascend to the throne is the next line. To the throne of Asgard, I guess. Well, but, yeah, yes. that's the clarification of when he would have But he is right. Him. They were both born to be king. Yes, he is he right. Because he is the son of Laufey. So, yeah. The... So now, uh, now you got two boys who both think that's mine by right. Yes, exactly. So if you're not going to get it, you're going you're gonna to be a little pissed. Yes, and plot hole number two. Plot hole number two is Loki's plan, okay? Mm-hmm. So Loki's plan is I'm going to, I being Loki, I'm going to bring the Frost Giants in. The Frost Giants are going to go try to kill Odin during the Odin sleep. And, Odin sleep. <laughs> and, Odin uh, sleep. <laughs> he's going to try to kill him during the Odin sleep, and I am going to in turn kill Laufey, and I will be the rightful, you will finally look at me as the rightful heir to Asgard's throne. Mm-hmm. Thor could have stayed on Earth and not interfered. Like, okay, Sif, Sif and the Warriors 3 go to Earth to bring back Thor. Yes. Loki freezes Heimdall. Yes. All right? And then sends the Destroyer. Don't send the Destroyer. Don't send the Destroyer. 
Actually, yeah, you're right. Because the because the destroyer, destroyer is what really is what ma- is what makes Thor become worthy again, so he can actually pose a threat and to Loki. And also, like all he has to do is, is freeze Heimdall, and they can't get back anyway. And they can't get back, right? I mean, I guess you well, want to kill Thor, but I mean, like Thor can't do later. anything to you. Exactly, Thor is powerless. So here's what you do: the seven seven the warriors three go there. You go, okay, fine. You destroy Jotunheim, Loki, and then you go, Loki, you fool. Yeah, what are you doing, Loki? <laughs> like I thought you were planning these things out, man. Exactly. Like, oh, but you know what? Speaking of Loki. I will say, I do think that at this point, we kind of take for granted just how good Tom Hiddleston is in, as Loki. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's just kind of doing his Loki thing now, where mm-hmm. he's just like, he Tom Hiddleston just is Loki at this point, so he just kind of can do anything that would work. But he gives a great performance in this movie. He does. It's not full Loki yet, though. No, like, it's not. That takes That's that takes Joss Whedon. Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Joss Whedon brings us full Loki, like as we think of Loki. Exactly, but, yeah, and this then is that a great carry, start. That carries through into Thor two and three and three and any other and any other appearance time. Loki. Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. But yeah, no, but this is a great start to who Loki. Because this is. isn't fun, Loki. No, like there's a little fun. He's a little fun, <laughs> but he's not really fun. No. <laughs> Uh, and this is oh, this is actually the uh, the only time that we ever get Loki's true form. Yes, exactly. We, we never right. again we see never him see as Frost again. Giant. Uh, and we found out as he was trying to just get answers from his dad, who just thinks he can Odin sleep all his problems away. Right? <laughs> it's like, Dad, why didn't you tell me I'm a Frost Giant? He's like, oh, well, I'm gonna go to no sleep now. Sleep. <laughs> Good, uh, goodbye. We're like, Dad, who ate the last drumstick out of the freezer? <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta go Odin sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> goodbye, Odin sleeping. Sorry. Frigga comes in and is just like, Odin, these are these this is not my dress. Who's who does this belong to? Odin. Odin's just like Odin sleep. Odin sleep. <laughs> Odin sleep. Odin I've been putting it off for too long. <laughs> <laughs> who knows if I'll wake up? <laughs> oh, the only other little casting thing I want to talk about before we can move on is uh oh, poor Gisella man. Just famous enough in twenty eleven to get cast in a Marvel movie. Not famous enough to be the main character of a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, and also, dude, did you also notice that Heimdall was a robot in this movie? He does not show emotions. No, dude. Emotions come later on. Well, emotions will come when Marvel realizes how good his result is and how they wasted him. In this one. In, in this one. Well, the thing is, I, I like stoic Heimdall. Like, I do, too. I think Heimdall really works in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, like when, like when the Civ and the Warriors 3 are planning to get Lo, Lo, or, uh, Thor back and, yeah. you know... Uh, the fat one, I forget his name, yeah. is like, wait, Heimdall might be listening. And the guard comes in and says, Heimdall demands your presence. Like, the way that Idris Elba's been acting as Heimdall in this whole film makes him this intimidating guy. Like, I don't think of him as a threat. No. But I do think he's intimidating. So exactly, when the guy says, absolutely. like, so I know why the Warriors 3 are like, dude, shut up. Like, we, he could be listening. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do too. And I, I mean, I just think that, dude, if they had known, if they had, if they had known how Idris Elba was going to blow up a year from this movie, mm-hmm. literally, this is the last summer before Idris Elba is famous, mm-hmm. 2011, then they never would have cast him as Heimdall. They would, have, they would have kept him in their back pocket for something later. For someone else. And that's why they've had to rewrite, like, retcon Uh-oh. Heimdall to have personality Uh-oh. as Id- the movie's Idris, gone on. Idris Elba as Falcon? <sighs> Idris Elba as Black Panther. Ooh, interesting. I don't know, though. At the moment, though, I wouldn't trade either of those actors for I Idris Elba. I would either, because they're both amazing. They're great. They are. And you know what? I mean, I love what they've done with Idris Elba as Heimdall. Yeah, I was going to say, credit to, credit to Marvel for being able to to expand on Heimdall. Not fully change him, like, but expand on but him. But to give him more to do. A little he's, bit more depth. He's gotten... And this is probably at the expense of the Warriors 3, if which we're is, being totally honest, which is fine. Which is fine. Which is absolutely way. fine. But yeah, dude, I think Heimdall getting beefed up in the second and third is a direct result of that. I'm sure it is. Yeah. A way to 
a way to give him more room, a way to to take the attention off the fact that uh, the the Robin Hood guy uh, all of a sudden he's he's a different actor. He's, he's Chuck. He's now. Chuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all you, all you need is Heimdall and Siv. That's all I'm asking yeah, for. Yeah, dude, exactly. Dude, justice for Siv, man. Justice for Siv. Who's, who's this random Barb character? Screw Barb. Justice for Siv. Justice for Siv. <laughs> um, and the only like the only other note that I have mm-hmm. is that uh, Shield's a bunch of dicks. Oh, how so? Shield's a bunch of dicks. They're not a bunch of dicks. They're a bunch of dicks. Dude, Phil Coulson is the furthest thing from a dick. He's a dick. He's a dick in this movie. How? Stealing all of Natalie Portman's equipment. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Stealing fair. all of it. That's fair. For no reason. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. protocol. Dude, what is S.H.I.E.L.D. protocol, Level man? 7 would never do that. I'm just, I'm gonna post, I post this question during the movie, and I'll post this question again just so our listeners can hear it. But, like, and I think it's a good question, but, like, dude, what, people don't know what S.H.I.E.L.D. is in this time right now. Yes. And, honestly, man... The well, Triskelion. What is that? Well, because, dude, at this, I mean, like, obviously, like, at this point, like, Marvel just wants, sh- Marvel doesn't want anyone to know what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Marvel wants, Marvel wants S.H.I.E.L.D. to be this top secret organization that no yeah. one knows about, and it's I, a shadowy organization, and then, and, but then Winter Soldier won't work if it is that. Exactly. So they have to retcon S.H.I.E.L.D. into being the FBI. Right. <laughs> and then, the CIA. and then in order to make Hank Pym part of a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. to satisfy the fan base, right. you have to retcon it again to show that the Triskelion was being built in the 50s. Yeah. And that brings up a question where, like, okay, so what is... Like, so you take Natalie Portman, you take Jane Foster out of Thor, this Thor, mm-hmm. and you point to the Triskelion, you give her a picture of the Triskelion, because I'm sure she's seen the building. She's yeah. probably been to Washington once probably. or twice. And you ask her, what is this? I'm just curious what her answer is in this movie. Dude, maybe, like, maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. just goes public with the Avengers. Like uh, maybe the Triskelion oh, has no, been no. Well, that would make, well the Triskelion would be there, but that would make sense that she would go be public. There, but maybe no one knows what it is, right? And it makes sense that she would go public because she would actually be like, yeah, that was our bad. Like we kind of were messing with this tesseract. Yeah, and that's and like that's Shield's big coming out party. And that's mm-hmm. when everyone knows what Shield is finally, and they were out, they're out of the shadows. Oh yeah, making well, way for Thor and for Captain America Winter Soldier. Seriously, what am I talking about though? Like Thor, Shield would not come out and be like, oh, the tesseract is our bad. Shield would come out and be like, yeah, we formed that team. Yeah, the exactly. Avengers. That's exactly, us. Dude. Yeah, exactly. What am, I, what am I talking about? <laughs> Jesus. This is why I'm level five. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, dude, I really enjoyed this movie. I agree that I think his. His turn to goodness is a bit is a might quick. But I think it, it I think it has works to be. and it kinda has to it be. It has to be. You gotta take it with a grain of salt. Um, but either way, I think that I, I just think that Thor is I, I love Thor, man. I love him as a character. I love his arc. I love I I I, I don't know. I mean no, I think he's. I think he's great. I think he was. I think Chris Hemsworth is pitch perfect I think he, as him. Exactly. I think he's delightful. Like I don't think. I don't think there was a single person miscast in in this film. Not at all. Like, which is nice to say because I don't. Know, I haven't thought about it, but uh, I don't know if I could say that about the films we've watched since. Well, until, I well mean, actually, you know what? Iron Man Iron is impeccably Man, cast. Iron Man is impeccably cast, but Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk have both shown us alternative, better casting choices for certain characters. Like with between Edward Norton and and uh, and Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo Who's and the Iron Terrence Man? Howard and, oh. and Don Cheadle. Yes. So yes, they were both like Edward Norton and Terrence Howard are both very well cast. But who's better? <laughs> you know what? I think I think Mark Ruffalo has the the scales weighted because he has more movies it's in true, it. True, and it's not fair. But dude, Edward Norton, man, he's great. Might, I, I he's great. I'm I'm a, I'm a prey on this, but he might be. <laughs> we'll get back to you next week. He might be my favorite. He might be a better 
Hulk in my mind. Ah, oh, I have to think about this. This is, yeah, this is messing with my head right now. Yeah, dude. Oh no. All right, let me let me rec- bring myself back to Thor. Yeah. Um, but yes, to like to continue keeping praise on him. My last two things that I noted were just little quick notes, but like the score in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah. Phenomenal. Dude. Patrick and Doyle. Patrick Doyle, and the first time. Congratulations, to Patrick Doyle. Because it's the first time in any of the Marvel movies that listen. Incredible Hulk had a great score. Iron Man and Iron Man Two had fun rock. Exactly. So, whatever. But Incredible Hulk had a great score, but the thing is, you don't realize that until you actually like listen to the score. Exactly. You realize this has a great score when you're watching the movie. The score has yeah, a dude, presence like, to it. It's got like this big, like sweeping epicness about it. Mm-hmm. I think it really lends itself beautifully to what this Patrick film is. Patrick Doyle did the music for uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Did he? He did. And this is the only other movie that I know that he's done. Hmm. Like, I'm, I'm mostly unfamiliar with him apart from those two movies. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good for him. And that's, that's a super underrated score, yeah. Goblet of Fire. Like definitely, I can't oh, remember it. It's great, except for um, except for the uh, the band. Oh God! What oh yeah, called? dude, the Weird Sisters. The Weird Sisters. Yeah, when I found out they actually recorded those songs, I that was that was the best day of my <laughs> young adult life, man. Like, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, so, and the other thing that I really liked, uh, it, which uh, you know, it only takes watching this movie fifty thousand times to be able to actually realize a stupid detail like this mm-hmm. this is the this is the first time the i think this is one of the only times maybe in any of the marvel movies that the earth itself is not threatened at all at all at, at any all. point and that's so so refreshing it's so and nice. i love that about this movie too mm-hmm. i love that about this movie and i i remember loving that about the first ant-man movie or the only ant-man movie the only ant-man movie so far, so far. the first guardians movie the first well, both Gar- guardians. oh no because the first oh, no. because no, because like it's not Earth that's in danger, but like it's, it's an Earth-like place. It's the Earth equivalent of this movie that's in danger. Well, so then, what's the difference between for you? I mean, for what's the difference then uh, between Xandar being in danger and Yodelheim being in danger? Because that is more about the completion of Thor's arc and Thor finding compassion for the Frost Giants and knowing that answer that murdering them is not is not the way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Xandar is just like you know this is the setting for our big epic ending battle. Okay. You know, like, and like, yeah, it's important for all the characters and it works in the movie and it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but like, you know, to, to me, like Xandar being in danger at the end of the first Guardians movie is the same as New York being in danger at the end of the first Avengers Yeah, I can, I can, I can dig that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Totally fair. But yeah, dude, that was, uh, that was, that was the two things I kind of noted off like, uh, as icing on the cake. Yeah. I mean, and I, <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, I do like, I'll be, I'll be interested to watch Captain America next week dude, and see if I do feel that. Captain America is better because I well, Captain America is great. Here's the thing: and Cap, people sleep on that movie. People sleep on the movie. I don't think Cap or Thor take it between their respective origin films. I think that it's not until we get honestly, it might not be until we get like Winter Soldier's Cap versus Dark World's Thor, and then and then even more so, and then the really really the finish yeah. line, really the finish line is language. And that's it. That's it, man. Once he said that, I was like, oh, God, Cap, you're perfect. Exactly. Oh, dude, and Chris, Chris Evans is perfect. He's perfect. He like, is. okay, you know what? All of the... all Edward Norton, Mark Ruffalo, in my head aside, all of the main Avengers have, as far as I'm concerned, been perfectly cast. And I think that even though every single one has been perfectly cast, Chris Evans is the most perfectly cast. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Them. That's fair. Yeah. I can only point to one, one Avenger... In the entire echelon of Avengers that we have now that I feel is miscast. Mm, Hawkeye. No, I think he's great. Okay. I was that was just a guess who? Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange, interesting. I think the better to cover batch is way miscast. Huh. Um, I think he's good. I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. The accent kills it for me. Uh, if, he's... You, if you just let him speak like Better to Cover Batch, it would have been fine. 
but the accent is so terrible and it really takes me out of it. Kind of like he kind of starts he like mumble growls. He does mumble growl. He mumble growls the whole movie. I want to. I don't believe in chakras or energy or the power of belief. How did you get from here to there? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I uh, I could see that. I, I. I want to see Stephen Strange more. And the thing is, we're not going to. Because we got Doctor Strange, the one movie. He's in a scene of Ragnarok. Which was very fun. Which was very fun, but like, I'm not, it can't be like too much counted in favor of him. And like, how how much are we going to really see him in Infinity War, you know? Well, I mean, I, I feel like. He's heavily featured in that trailer. Well, he's heavily featured in the, in the trailer, but I'm, I will go on record right now saying that that trailer is probably showing us like the first act of that movie. Like, Thanos is gonna. Thanos is gonna. I mean, except, except for the stuff in Wakanda, I think the Wakanda is. Yeah. I think act that's three. third act. I think that's act that's three. All the war, yeah, the war in Wakanda is definitely act three. But like, dude, hit, Thanos showing up in New York to get the the time, the time stone, stone, the Eye of Agamotto, like that's one where he's gonna feature heavily, yeah. and then he's gonna get folded into the rest of the group. No, yeah, totally. He's, he's still gonna be the sorcerer of the group, but I think he'll be. I hope so. I hope so. Because the point I'm trying to make is that I don't think we've seen enough of him yet. And I, I would like a sequel to mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. I've told you what I want from a sequel for Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange with Scarlet Witch is beautiful. Yeah, dude, it's a beautiful. It would be a great sequel. But yeah, man. Like I but feel. We'll like, get to that more. Exactly. I, I just feel like I feel like we have seen more of Ant Man than we have of Doctor Strange. Well, we have. But we have. It's because we have. Because we definitely, we absolutely have. Right. And Ant Man's. I mean, the thing is, Ant Man still didn't feature that mu- that heavily in. In Civil War. But you remember him, though. But you remember him. He makes an impression, and yes. that's all that matters. Yes, because of Giant Man. Exactly. And you can practically hear Peyton Reed just And also, I think that he is a character. Like, I think he works really well. Again, we, we'll get to this when we get to Civil War, too. Right. But like, I think he works really great with the rest of the team. Like, mm-hmm. I think I love that he's fucking geeking out over Captain America. <laughs> like, here's your shield, Captain America. Right? Thanks here's... for thanking of me. I'm shaking your hand too long. <laughs> he's oh, great. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. He's great. Um, but yeah, no, Chris Hemsworth. Great, Chris Hemsworth. Great choice. Love Chris Hemsworth. I love what they've done with him over the course of these movies. Yep. I so I, happy this I ma- think this is a really great starting point. Even oh yes, though, like, I'm so happy this made him into a, a huge star because Chris Hemsworth himself is just you know that's the thing. I don't think Chris Hemsworth is a huge star. You know what? Here's the thing: look at his body of work, and you'd say no. Look at people's perception of him, and you'd say yes. And that's what that's what I mean. I think his agent needs to be fired. <laughs> I, that's, I think his agent should be just fired yesterday. I think because Chris Hemsworth is talented enough. To be as big a star as people think he is, I think we should see what happens when his when his Marvel contract runs up. Yeah, and that's apparently after Avengers Four. Avengers Four, he said it. Which he just said yesterday that he's done. He said he's done. Which of course everyone's like, who knows? Because they might just offer him a new contract. Well, I mean, like, Chris Evans was done after after Age of Ultron. Right, but the difference but the difference that Chris Evans was like, fine, I'll take it to the end of to the end of Avengers Infinity War Part Two. Mm-hmm. Like, fine, I'll take it to the end of Phase Three. Like, this is Thor saying the same thing. Like, Chris Evans, yeah. I'm taking it to the end of Phase Three. I just thought I, that I don't want him to sign a new. I don't want. Man. I mean, I would love for him to continue. I would love because honestly, give him cameos every now and but every now and then. But dude, give have have Mjolnir come back or something and give it to Valkyrie. Yeah, I'm down for that. There I mean, go. if they do something like that, I'm down. Yeah, I just want to see more. I I just want to see Tyke continue to play in the the Thor playground. I think he will. <laughs> and even if they won't, even if he he won't, you know, Disney will lock him into something. Oh, Marvel. exactly. Like he's gonna get sucked. He, it, you know, because the Russo brothers are, are brothers. So you know, you have the Russo brothers on one side, and that's two of them, and you have James Gunn on the other side, which is only one. So to balance out the scale, you, you put Taika with James Gunn on that side of the scale, and now everything's balanced. 
Yeah, Russo Brothers on one side, Taika and Gunn on the other, and, and it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm glad that they've really kind of found their directors that work for them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, not that they found the directors that work for them and learned to stop abusing them. Exactly. Because Joss worked for them. It's just they, they put so abuse. much on they their really shoulders, man. Him, man. Oh, God, dude. Like, I get it. They thought he could do everything, but, like, he can't do yeah, everything. Dude. He got stretched way too thin. Mm-hmm. Ultron. Yeah. And, the, and now they've given the Russo Brothers four films to do what he had to do in two. Exactly. So, But, you know, you live and learn. Exactly. You know, even big conglomerates live and learn. <laughs> even Disney makes even a mistake Disney. every now and then. <gasps> but, uh, I mean, I think that's a... Do you have any final thoughts on Thor? Uh, love him. Can't wait to see Captain America next I week. I can't wait to see Captain America next week either. Yeah. That's that's my that's my final thought. That's, right my, that's my final thought as well. Cap, right here we come. Page. God, I can't wait, dude. I might salute when the when the opening credits come on. Exactly. Buy war bonds. <laughs> All right. Uh, so please, uh, a few of you have uh, you know give us given us your feedback and keep doing that because yeah. like I, like we said earlier, we're gonna be trying a few different formats uh, with what we're gonna do in the next couple weeks and we're gonna yeah, see we're what still works. Working stuff out. We're working the kinks out, but it's going the right direction. I agree. And uh, so keep listening. You can find us at realtalk.ninja or on on iTunes. Yes, now we're fish. Us. We're the watchers on iTunes. Are we Spotify yet or no? Uh, Spotify never emailed me back, so I'm gonna guess no. Nah, whatever, we're on iTunes. We're on better. iTunes. <laughs> um, you can follow us uh, at no. No, no you, you can't, can't follow, follow us. Anywhere. You can we follow should, us individually. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy over there is uh, at light comma sticks. Yeah, spell out comma. Uh, well, it, it's L I T E. L I T E C O M M A S T I C K S, and then uh, you can follow Aton Kleiman at Aton Kleiman. Good luck spelling either of those names. Uh, <laughs> I've I've recently started tweeting again. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yes, I think you've been, I've, you've been depriving the universe of your thoughts. Of my thoughts, I've sent out two tweets in the last three weeks. I think that's a good momentum for there me right go. now. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to next week, guys. All right. Okay. Until then. Later. This has been The Watcher's Watch, Thor. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.